0: The Ozark Mountains are vast, sparsely populated, and covered in deep forests and hostile terrains. It's just the sort of place you would expect to be full of mysteries. Today, we're going to take a look at a couple of those mysteries. For the second installment of the Mapstronaut Bonus Spooky Season Spectacular, today we're going to learn about the Gowrau and the Snothus, two mysterious beasts from deep in the Ozarks. The Gowrow is a creature said to resemble a cross between a razorback hog and an alligator. Some elements of its appearance change from description to description, but there are a few traits that are fairly universal. It is said to be around 20 feet long, with two tusks, large claws, and spikes along its back. The book Ozark Tall Tales by Richard and Julie Dockery Young further describe it as having a long tail with a wamper on the end of it that it uses for whomping, a long muzzle with one nostril at the end of it, one spiky horn on the top of its nose, and four eyes that glow like coals. Folklorist Vance Randolph said that it was covered in green scales, had short legs with webbed feet, a long and thin tail with a sharp blade-like ending which was used as a sickle. He also called it a pachyderm, which is an obsolete name for a group of animals that included hippos, rhinos, and elephants. This was likely in reference to its long incisors or tusks. Though he also noted canine teeth, which apparently showed its relationship to the Ceratorrhinos genus. I actually did to do some serious research on this one. Uh, so rhinos refers to the genus of one-horned rhinos that is now known as rhinoceros. This genus encompasses specifically the species of rhinos with a singular horn that are native to Asia. Today, only two of those rhinos exist, the Indian rhino and the Javan rhino. These are distinct from the hairy Sumatran rhino, or the two-horned black and white rhinos of Africa. One of the differences between these rhino species? The only rhinos with canine teeth are the Indian and Javan rhinos. So, there you go. Now you know that. It is also claimed that the Gaurau is a species rather than an individual that it had been spotted as early as the 1890s, and that the young hatched from soft-shelled eggs similar to those of snakes or turtles, but as large as beer kegs. Some claim that the mothers then carried the newly hatched young in a pouch, but others deny this. Two different explanations are offered as to how the Gowrow got its name. One claiming that Gowrow is the noise the beast makes, so that became his name, also known as the Pokemon school of naming things. The other, more complex version, is that Gowrow comes from the Anglo-Saxon gar-row, meaning row of spears, referring to the beast's spike spine. Most stories of the Gowrow take place in Boone and Searcy counties, including the story of traveling salesman William Miller, who was reported to have tracked and killed a Gowrao that had been killing livestock and pets near Marshall. It is said that Miller formed a posse to track the monster to its lair, where they lay in wait to ambush it. They heard it emerge from a nearby lake, causing the earth to tremble with every step as it made its way toward the group. The hunters launched several volleys before bringing the beast down. However, the Gaurau did not go peacefully, ripping up several trees and tearing the leg off of one of the hunters before it perished. Miller claimed to have sent the skin and skeleton of the beast to the Smithsonian Institution, But the Smithsonian has denied that claim. Another tale of the Gowrow concerns a deep cave in Boone County known as Devil's Hole. Sometime before 1935, E.J. Rhodes supposedly heard noise emanating from the mouth of a cave on his property. He decided to lower himself into the cave to find the source of the racket. Dropping to a ledge 200 feet beneath the opening, Rhodes found that below that point the shaft was too narrow to descend further. Upon returning to the surface, Rhodes and some other men tied a weight to a rope and lowered it into the cave. At just about 200 feet, they heard a loud, angry hissing noise. Upon withdrawing the rope, they found that the metal weight was severely damaged. Deciding that leaving well enough alone was not going to be the game plan for the day, the men tied a rock to the rope and lowered it again, and upon pulling it back to the surface, found that the rope had been severed. Supposedly, all of this was the work of the Gowrao. Another story tells of a man near Mina in the Washita Mountains who captured a Gowrao and toured the area with the beast on exhibit. However... well... you'll see. The man would set up his show with a large curtain surrounding the area where he claimed the beast was, drumming up a large crowd that would each pay a quarter to see the monster. The man would then disappear behind the curtain, only to re-emerge with his clothing in tatters, telling the crowd that the Gowrau had escaped. This never failed to send the crowd into a panic, and the man was able to take his profits and move along to a new town without ever producing an actual Gowrao. The Snofus is a bit more pleasant of a creature. It's described as an all-white creature that looks like a deer, but much larger, and rather than antlers, it has plum or dogwood branches in full bloom spreading from its head. Some say that the blue haze that hangs over the Ozarks during the fall and winter is created by the Snophus, who exhales spirals of blue smoke. Some claim that the Snophus is extremely agile and able to leap to the tops of trees. Others say that it can fly on wings, silent like those of owls. I've seen it said that the Snophus sounds like a creature right out of a Studio Ghibli film, and... yeah, totally. This guy fit right into the worlds of films like Princess Mononoke or My Neighbor Totoro. It also reminds me a bit of the Lord of the Mountain in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but maybe that's just the whole like bluey-glowy light thing. Some say that the Snophus was actually created by people, with one story claiming that it was an experiment by an orchardist who grafted fruit tree branches to the antlers of a captured deer. Another story claims that a hunter, having run out of bullets, shot a plum pit at the head of a deer. While the pit hit the deer's head and embedded in the creature's flesh, it did not kill the deer. Over time, the pit began to sprout until plum branches spread like antlers from the head of the deer. While strange, it is said that the Snofus itself is not dangerous to people. However, to some folks in the Ozarks, seeing an albino deer is a bad omen and seeing the Snophis itself is said to be a sign of imminent death. So I suppose the real question with both the galrau and the Snoffus is pretty simple. Are they real? Unlike things like panthers and Sasquatchy monsters, sightings of galraus and... Uh, Snophises? Snophi? Uh, but anyway, th- those have not continued into the present day. They seem to be stories of the past, Things that you might hear about from old-timers, but not so much a part of the modern culture of the Ozarks. This lack of continued sightings seems to indicate that the stories of the Galrau and Snophis are just that. Stories. In fact, this is backed up even more by the title of one of my primary sources for researching this episode. A book by Vance Randolph called We Always Lie to Strangers. The Ozarks and Arkansas as a whole were part of the frontier and the frontier culture of exaggeration and tall tales told to outsiders. Therefore, it's most likely that the Gowrao and the Snofus belong alongside creatures like the Jackalope and Fur-bearing Trout, and with stories like Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill. The imaginative stories created by people for whom storytelling was a primary means of entertainment, but especially as a sort of hazing ritual for newcomers and outsiders. Something like a snipe-hunt that would leave those in on the joke rolling with laughter. But I don't think that should take anything away from the gaurau or the snofus. In Japan, there's a class of supernatural entities and spirits known as yokai. Yokai can be malevolent or helpful. They often have animal features like the kappa, which looks similar to a turtle. Folklorists believed that yokai were taken from folktales or made up whole cloth to explain phenomena that could not otherwise be explained. However, modernization has caused many of the yokai stories to fall by the wayside as they're no longer needed to explain things or they may center around things that are no longer part of everyday life. To me, the Gowrau and the Snofus are something like American yokai. With other means of entertainment, we no longer need to hear those stories or to tell them to outsiders and watch them freak out. With the decline of isolated people living on the land, with goats and sheep roaming freely amongst unseen predators, we no longer need to believe that the Gowra was stealing livestock. With fewer people falling dead unexplainably and a better understanding of meteorology, we no longer need the curse of the Snophis and its blue smoke breath. However, those creatures are part of the unique culture of a region and a people. So even if we don't need the Gaurau and the Snophis anymore, I hope they stay around in one way or another. So I guess that's why I went ahead and told you about them today. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been Mapstronaut. Thank you for listening.